This is Meg Tilton at the A Cow Life, episode number 29 How to Comfort Those Who Are Grieving. This is the A Cow Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back this Monday morning, my friends. I am so glad you're here and in the month of February with me. Crazy that we have already finished January of 2018 and we are just steaming our way through February. So I hope you all enjoyed the podcast from last month. I hope if you didn't listen to last week's episode, please go back and listen to it because I interviewed the amazing Nicole Van and I interviewed her about her life in Scotland. She moved there with her family about a year ago. Um, She is a amazing photographer and she is also a self-published author of eight fiction novels. So you definitely want to check out that podcast because she is such an example to me of living your life on purpose. And I so enjoyed her wisdom and her um, knowledge that she imparted to all of you on what that experience has been like and the growth that it has caused for her and her family. So please go back and listen to that. And most importantly, make sure that you are on my email subscription list by the end of today. And let me tell you why, because if you are, I will be sending out at the very latest that I can tonight, a um, photo that um, one of the photos that Nicole gave me to share with all of you. It's absolutely beautiful. You will love it. And You get that if you're on my email subscription and you also get entered into a drawing for one of her books, which she will send to you digitally and you will be able to partake of that wonderful book of your choice out of all eight of the ones that she has already printed. So please get on your email list. You do that by going to my website at theacowlife.com and going into the stay in touch or subscribe here page, um, sections that you will just see on all the different pages that are of my website. So make sure that you check that out and get on there so that you can get the beautiful picture automatically if you're on that list and then get entered into the drawing for one of her books. It will be great. Um, and I just want to thank her again for being so willing to do that. So we discussed in January about living your life on purpose, and that's kind of going to be the overall theme actually that I'm going to carry through for the whole year. Although we are going to talk about different topics within that kind of subset topics within that main topic. So this month I picked the subject of grief to talk about. And I picked this because I think that it is a much misunderstood um, emotion and part of life that we don't really look a lot into and that we don't know a lot about, about. I do know that there is a ton of stuff coming out now as time has progressed that more people are talking about it and bringing it to light. And I think that that is so important. 
And one of the reasons I decided to talk about this topic this month was because I have experienced um, times of great grief in my life. Um, I talked um, a little bit last December about how when I was younger, my sister passed away. And that was a very, very, very defining moment in my life. Probably the biggest defining moment actually in my life of who I am today and how um, i I look at the world and why I do things the way that I do is because of that experience with my sister. So um, I just want to be able to discuss this topic and be able to share it with you. I also have some great guest podcasters lined up for you next week. Um, we will have the privilege of listening to, um, Crystal Hunter. She is a friend of mine and she has a baby who passed away from SIDS. So she will be talking about that experience and what that was like, um, as well as some other really difficult things that she was going, um, had going on in her life all around the time that her baby passed away. Because I think that Crystal is such a great example of, handling grief with grace. I really do. She um, did it beautifully. I know it wasn't probably always beautiful (laughs) um, living it herself. Um, Grief is a messy thing, but she was such a great example to me of keeping her faith in the gospel and moving forward. And um, she's just an inspiration to me. And so I actually already recorded that podcast. We recorded a couple months ago, and I cannot wait to share, share it with you because it is one that will definitely help anybody who's going through a similar situation and really give you some good insight. She's very real. She um, doesn't you know, hold anything back. And I'm really grateful to her for that. And so be looking forward to that next week. Then um, you'll hear from me the week after again. And then the last week in February, I am interviewing another one of my friends. Her name is Natalie Samus. And she is a great person. She's hilarious and just full of so much energy. I don't think I've ever met anybody with more energy. And she's going to be talking about the grief process that she went through when her oldest daughter was diagnosed with diabetes just recently. So um, that's a really important thing that I want to make sure that as we go through this month and that we discuss that grief is not always around someone dying. Um, Of course, that's what we really attribute it to, but grief has so many aspects to it and is applied to so many different situations in our life. So I um, wanted to bring that in because not everybody experiences the death of a loved one um, in a way that, say, Crystal did. And so I think that we need to be aware of what other forms of grief are out there and how to best support those individuals in those circumstances. So be looking forward to that. I'm hoping it's not a really downer kind of a month. It's, it's not meant to be that way. It's just meant to um, share insight and to be able to help you if you're grieving for one, but also um, my main goal really is to help people who are put in, in a position to support people who are grieving because I think that that's one area that we need some work in. So, um, just things to look forward to, and I know you'll love the interviews and that they'll be great. So today on that subject, we are discussing how to comfort those who are grieving. 
And I would like to talk about what to do when someone close to us is grieving, particularly when someone has died. Now, I know I talk about, I just said that it's not always about dying, but I think um, I'm going to use that kind of extreme example today. But all the principles I'm talking about today really apply to any form of grief. Um, It doesn't have to be somebody who has died. So I don't think it is until you have really experienced true grief that you would ever really know what to do for others in a grieving situation. But because of my own experience with grief with my sister, what I've learned from talking to others who have gone through grief and from reading what experts have said, I have decided to give you a few insights into what we can do for others we come in contact with that are grieving. So here are six things that I think you should do and some that you shouldn't do when you are trying to help someone who is experiencing grief. Okay, so number one is to tell them how you are planning on helping them. This is a big one. So I don't want you to ask how you can help them or wait for them to tell you what they need. This is something that we often sometimes do and we can get ourselves in a little bit of a problem because when somebody's grieving, you don't want to make their brain work any more than it already is. You just need to go in sometimes and tell them what you would like to do for them. So for example, you could go in and say, I'm planning on bringing you a meal on Wednesday night. Will that night be okay? This way, they don't have to make any decisions. They only have to let you know if it will work or will not work. And if it doesn't work for them on Wednesday, then you can come back and say something like, well, how about Friday instead? By doing this, you have taken away the burden of needing to think about dinner and what's going to be coming. You have taken away any need to make extra decisions. One thing that we often fall into when we are trying to help people, and I'm going to kind of go out on a limb here and say that we should never say this, is something to the effect of, let me know if I can do anything for you. I know we've all done it. I've done it. I'm totally guilty of this, but it is really not helpful. How many people have ever called you up and told you what they needed after you have said this? Anybody? (laughs) Nobody's ever done that for me. How many times when you were experiencing grief, depression, or trauma, have you called someone and asked them for help? I never have. Never. Interesting, right? And my guess is that you haven't either. In my opinion, we should really try and eliminate this rote question from all of our conversations. So instead of saying, hey, give me a call or let me know if you need anything, come in with what you're going to do and then let them decide if they want that help or not. So much more productive and helpful. Okay, number two, you have to be willing to sit with them in their discomfort. So grief is uncomfortable and it's painful and it's anything but pretty most of the time. And I'm going to say grief, of course, is uncomfortable for the person who's going through it, but it's also uncomfortable for us who are trying to support those people. So you have to be willing to sit in the discomfort with them. We are often so uncomfortable with the messiness of grief that we run away from the very people who need us the most in the most needful time of their lives. 
I think the willingness to experience grief with someone is what the scripture means when it says to mourn with those that mourn. So I want you to sit with them where they are. If they need a shoulder to cry on, let them cry. If they need to rage with anger, let them rage. If they are disoriented and don't know what to do, gently guide and give encouragement. This is a huge one, my friends. So big to be able to sit in the discomfort of grief with those who are grieving. I think that if I were grieving and somebody were to come and sit with me in the discomfort of it, that would mean more to me than anything else. More than a meal, more than a letter, more than flowers, more than anything. To be there in the discomfort and feel that with me would mean the world to me. Okay, number three, honor their grief. So grief is different for everyone. I want you to be patient with the griever. Let them go at their own rate and figure out the way they need to do it. Listen to them and be observant of what they need. Allow them time and just be there for them. There is no timetable in this process. And I think that's a really important thing to remember when we are facing supporting somebody in grief, that you cannot dictate the timetable of it. They are the ones that do. So one person may grieve in a way that allows them to return to work and normal activities fairly quickly, and another may need a few months to regroup, focus inward, and be away from others. We need to try and not force what we think grief looks like on others. So important. Okay, number four, let the one grieving talk about the person they lost. I heard someone once say, you not talking about the person who died doesn't make that reality go away. And on the flip side, you bringing up the person who died is not going to remind someone that their loved one is gone. For more than one person who I've talked to who has lost someone, their biggest fear is for their loved one to be forgotten. They want to talk about that person, tell you what they loved about them, what drove them crazy, and why they miss them. Talking about those who have passed away is an avenue to keep them present in the lives of those who love them. And that is so important. And I can really speak from personal experience and watching my my parents go through the grieving process of my sister, especially I heard this from my mom. Like she didn't want people to forget my sister. She wanted to be able to talk about her. And that was very healing for her actually to be able to talk about her and the experiences that she had with her and what she loved about her and what she was like. So just be willing to talk about the person who's gone with the person who's grieving. It is so helpful. Number five, be there immediately after the loss. This one is huge. And this is where a lot of people, I think, get really uncomfortable. Um, And it can be really hard. It means in this instance that you have to show up and be there for people in their most raw form at their lowest point. It is not a pretty time, but it is a crucial time. It is a time when they need to know that there is still some things that are the same. You have to be willing to see and hear things that you will not pass judgment on. Listen to what they are telling you that they need 
and just do it. Don't ask questions and don't give advice. They need stability and you are their stabilizer. Help them so that life can run as close to normal as possible. So go to the hospital when someone has gotten a terrible diagnosis. Text and call when someone has lost a loved one. Go by their house. Like physically be there. Be in the moment with them, whether they are crying, whether they're angry, whether they're disoriented. Just be with them. Okay, number six, be in for the long haul. Our society is constantly on the move. And because of this, we have become impatient. And this impatience can even extend into how we treat people who are grieving. When someone loses a loved one, we rally around them during the immediate aftermath. We bring meals. We attend the funeral. We give hugs and encouragement for a few weeks. And then we move on. We get caught up in our lives again. When we run into our friend a few months later, we tend to think that they are doing well. And we tend to think this because they put on a smile, they are back at work, and they are serving in their callings again. But I don't want you to let that fool you. Grief is dark and lonely, and it's a battle that is truly never over. We humans are great at going through the motions of life because that's what we know everyone expects. But I guarantee under the smile, tears are knocking at the door. Allow someone to grieve for as long as they need to. Be a safe place for them to come whenever they don't want to put on a facade anymore. Be open to it for three months, six months, two years down the road, even longer if necessary. One way that you can be in for the long haul is to keep praying to know what to do for them and to keep asking them what you can do for them and truly ask truly mean it. Like if they say, I need you to pick up my kids every day for a week so I can stay in bed a little bit longer, then do that. Or if they say, I need to go out and go to the movies and laugh, then plan it right then and there and go do it. So when you ask, mean it. People can tell when someone is sincere and those are the people they want to open up to the most. Be that person, be that person that somebody can trust and can open up to and be there for the long haul because that is the most important. So some people seem to have a talent for nurturing those who grieve and some are well-intentioned but struggle to know what to do. Just remember that it's not about you and your feelings. We often shy away from helping others because it would put us into a position of discomfort. And I totally understand that. And it's totally human nature to do that. But we really need to be okay with the discomfort like I talked about a little bit earlier because that's how you help people. You get into their ditch with them. You start mucking their muck with them. You start getting into the discomfort with them and then they know this person loves me. This person's here for me. This person is truly trying to help me. And that is so important. So from my own life, I have a perfect example of this kind of. When our first baby was born, she inhaled meconium. And as a result, she had to be transferred to another hospital. And we were told that she might not make it through the night. And I remember that being kind of just a crazy time. I mean, I had just given birth. I was exhausted. My baby was at another hospital. I was at a different hospital. Luckily, my mother was there, um, but it was just a whirlwind kind of, and I didn't really know 
what was normal and what I was supposed to be doing. And in the long run, she ended up being fine, thankfully, but she was in the NICU for three weeks. And I remember one friend coming to the hospital soon after she was born and she brought flowers and she cried with us about this trial that we were going through. And it meant the world to me. She really kind of sealed her friendship with me in that experience because I knew that she was somebody that I could trust in the most darkest, scariest times of my life. Now I had another friend that I didn't hear from the entire time that we were in the hospital. And after we were finally home and my baby had come home, I remember talking to her and she said, I knew you were probably so busy and I just didn't want to bother you. And what was really interesting was, is I didn't blame her for this, but I had this epiphany come to me. And the epiphany was that I knew the moment she said that, that she didn't know what to do. She hadn't known what to do for us. And so she did nothing. And she didn't know how to sit in the discomfort and how to sit in that grief that we were going through. Now, there are so many things that we can do to reach out to those in grief. Not everybody has to run to the hospital like my one friend did. Um, There are just endless possibilities to how you can help. So when you are faced with this situation with somebody that you love, just think, what would I want in that situation? Because really, that's the best you can do, right? You can't read their mind. You can't know exactly what they need all the time. But you can know what you would want. And so try and do that for them and be there for them in that way, because that will be noticed, that will be appreciated, and that will make a difference. So in closing, I just want to say that the most important thing to remember with grief is that it's messy, like I said, and you have to be willing to get into the mess at times in order to be effective. And it's okay if you don't get it right the first few times. It is something that takes practice, right? I think that so many times in life we think, oh, I have to get this right or I'm not going to do it at all. But we don't get it right unless we practice. And so just like being a mother, just like learning how to ice skate, just like beginning a new job, just like um, learning a new skill, we all practice those things. Grief and how to support people in grief is the same, right? We can practice. So you're not going to get it right every time and that's okay, but you will learn things from every time that you do it. And the most important thing that you need to remember is that that the best gift that you can give anyone that is grieving during that time is you. You are the gift. You is what they really need. And if you strive to give them you, you can't go wrong. Okay, that's it for this week, my friends. So in some ways, I hope you never have to use these things that I've talked about. But in the other, on the other side, I know that we all will have to use these again and again in our lives. And so I hope that you can take some things that I shared with you today and that you can practice them and use them in situations that come up. And they don't have to be with somebody who has lost a loved one. They can come in so many other forms. Somebody who's gone through divorce, somebody who's lost a job, someone who um, is suffering from depression, 
someone who's found out that their um, child has issues that they didn't expect that they would have. There are so many forms of grief and so many ways for us to practice in supporting them. And I really encourage you to do that this week because it is the month of love, right? I think that the best way to show our love for people is to be there for them and to give them the gift of us. So I hope that you can do that. If you have any questions, please reach out to me at meg at the And I will see you next week with my guest podcaster, Crystal Hunter, which is going to be a great interview. So I hope you all tune in then. All right. Have a great week, my friends, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.